following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Let's pray. Father, again, we're so grateful that you brought us together this morning. I know I say that every week, but I am so thankful. We are glad to be together as your family. And I thank you, Lord, we don't have to uh, leave our burdens at the door, but we can leave our burdens at the cross. Uh, And we don't have to pick them back up again. We can trust them with you. Uh, And uh, we're just so thankful for that. And Lord, as we turn to your word this morning, I pray that we would have uh, hearts uh, that are soft and ready to receive instruction because we're we're going to go through some difficult things in the next few weeks in the text. And so we just look forward to hearing from your spirit. Um, we thank you, Lord, for how you've already spoken to us. And uh, just pray that your spirit would keep working this morning. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, uh, Joel and I were talking this morning. He says, we're going to do two songs and then four songs after sermon I said well you must have read the text you figure everybody's going to be mad four songs give us a chance to calm down and not yell at me when the service over (laughs) well we'll see (laughs) we'll see how good you are at holding the grudge I guess Um, well um, we've already talked about it uh, already this morning um, that this is a very tumultuous time in our country um very, the last few weeks have been um, very hard uh, for our country. It still is. New president has been inaugurated, and millions have marched in protest in cities across our country. And the toxicity of anger and division are widespread across our land and in our news feeds and, and all that. And I think that it's wise for us to think about what is it that people really want? What, what is the one thing that people are really after? Because you protest as you stand up and say something that I don't like is happening. I don't know how else to put that. I don't like what's happening. So, well, what do you really want? And I think I've, I had to spend some time thinking about that. Because it's not just rights for this person or not rights for that person. I don't think that's really it. I think people are after something else. That all this is just frosting on the cake. And there's something deep down that people want that they don't have. And they don't know how to get. And I think, to be honest, um, the more I thought about it, this is all I came up with. I could be totally wrong. But um, I don't know. I think what people really want is happiness. Just want to be happy, and um, deep down, I think really that's all we're all after, isn't it? We can spiritualize and say, "No, I want a deeper relationship with Jesus." So that means I have to be miserable, right, and be unhappy. But I don't think that's really what we're honestly after, is it? And you like being unhappy because you might want to visit a doctor. That's not a good. I, I think that happiness really seemed to be. The main thing that most people want, at least the vocal majority of people that don't seem to have it. Um, And people don't have it because there's something standing in their way. Do you know what it is? 
listen to you church people. Moses, it's Jerusalem, Jesus, the Bible, Holy Spirit. What keeps most people in the world from being happy? I, I will give credence to themselves because they're part of the group. It's other people. People are what keep people from being happy. Do you know that? Even if they're the people. There are people in the way. Don't you think so? I would be a lot happier if whoever is in charge of gas prices would just drop it back to 17 cents like when we're kids, right? That would make me happy. It's that one person's fault keeping me from being happy, right? Well, whether you're conservative or liberal or male or female, on a national or global scale or even at home, most of us see other people as the main obstacle to our happiness. If they would just give me what I want, I'd be happy. If, if people would vote the way I wanted them to vote, I'd be happy. If my boss would pay me more, I'd be happy. If people would stop yelling about everything, we'd be happy. Stop being offended by everything, we'd be happy. If people would treat me with the respect I think I deserve, I'd be happy. If, if people would just do what I want them to do and give me what I want, I'd be happy. It's everybody else's fault. You're laughing, but you know I'm right. This is exactly the opposite of the truth. And that brings us to our text this, text this morning. I don't know how to not make that sound. I'm sorry. Our text this morning, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. That's page 978 in the Pew Bibles, if that's helpful to you. Ephesians 5:21 and page 978 in the Pew Bible. The kids with the crossword puzzle get a lot more than just this one verse, but if you open your Bible, you get it too. It says submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In chapter 5 of the letter to the Ephesians, the Apostle Paul has been instructing us on what it means to walk as children of light and what it looks like to follow Jesus as lights in the midst of a world that is in darkness. And the world, I think, would have us believe that the chief end of man, as I've already stated, is happiness. That's what we're all after. That there is no greater pursuit in this life than to seek after our own happiness, no matter the cost. But nothing could be further from the truth. The Westminster Catechism states that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. So then next time you can say what we're all after is, oh, if Glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Just like those Westminster guys said. Yeah, I won't believe you then either. In other words, what we should want most in this life is not our own happiness, but God's happiness. That our satisfaction can be truly found in pleasing the Lord. And the wonderful byproduct of this is our own happiness and fulfillment. And our brief text... Sorry... Our brief text for this morning is the key that unlocks that treasure chest. 
submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, the, the, rest of, uh, the rest of this chapter and well into the next is given to some specifics of submission. Everybody's favorite word. Um, the specifics of submission within our relationships, especially within our own families and even our workplaces. So this statement from Paul is kind of a, uh, an introduction of what is to come. And we'll deal with those specifics uh, in the weeks to come. But we're just going to start with the broad brushstroke of submitting to one another out of reverence to Christ. Now, excuse me, submission, you hear the word I'm saying, submission, you understand that word. Submission is a very biblical, yet somehow very un-American ideal, right? This is the most popular thing on the street. Everybody likes to submit to other people, don't we? Right? How undemocratic is that? No, you don't have to submit. I get to vote. I get to stand up and hear my voice, uh, make my voice heard. Although sometimes you just hear your own voice, I guess. Maybe that's what you're after. But submission is the opposite of that. Submission puts the needs of others before your own. Even the happiness of others before yours. I know, it's not popular. It is the opposite of what most people want. We want our rights. We want our privileges. We want what is due us. Don't we? I'm the only one. I know you don't want to say amen because we don't like it. But we can't avoid it. But submission is a funny thing. It does just the opposite of what most people think it would do. It does just the opposite of what most people think will bring them happiness. Namely, getting other people to do what they want. Right? Give us our due. Get out of our way. Follow our instructions. That's the opposite of submission, isn't it? What would be the opposite word? Dominance? That's what you want? Well, if you're going to be happy, right? Hmm. Control, right. Submission is the opposite. Control goes like this. Submission goes like this, right? We can't grab onto things. We have to let go of things. Let go of control. Submission says, right now it doesn't matter what I want. What matters what you want. Right? That's the opposite of how we find happiness, isn't it? No, get what I want. I don't care what you want. Just give me my stuff. Do what I say. Then I'll be happy. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you did get what you want. How did it play out? Did you really find happiness? Finally, that jerk. I got him to quit, so I didn't have to work with him anymore by being miserable to him. And then they replaced him with somebody worse. Right? It just... It never seemed to end. It's a bottomless pit that we keep throwing things in. Submission says, right now, it doesn't matter what I want. Let's do what you want. Now, I, if you're wondering, I, I just want to be clear 
if you if you're hearing me say it doesn't matter what I want uh, yes that's what I'm saying it doesn't matter what you want so I just want to be clear it doesn't matter what you want so I, I mean grab onto that with both hands make you happy I see you smiling some of you but this is the key to happiness doesn't matter what you want John Calvin put it this way God has bound us so strongly to each other that no man ought to endeavor to avoid subjection or submission and where love reigns mutual services will be rendered I do not exempt even kings and governors whose very authority is held for the service of the community it is highly proper that all should be exhorted to be subject to each other in their turn but as nothing is more irksome to the mind of man than this mutual subjection, Paul directs us to the fear of Christ, who alone can subdue our fierceness, that we may not refuse the yoke, and can humble our pride, that we may not be ashamed of serving our neighbors. Submission is consciously choosing to put the will of another before our own. Does that definition sound familiar to you? We've talked about this before. There's another word whose definition is very closely uh, mirrors that. Choosing to put the needs of another before our own, to prefer another above ourselves. What's the word for that? Do you remember? It's love. It's choosing to prefer another before yourself. Love and submission go hand in hand. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8, says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only look to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Who had more right to get what they wanted but the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created? Surely he had more right than anyone to be served, more than any of us. But even said himself, I did come to be served, but to serve. And give my life as a ransom for many. I think it's important to understand that it's out of reverence to this Lord, the creator of heaven and earth, that we submit to one another. It's out of reverence to the Lord Jesus that we submit. Is it because we like it? No. Is it because we think it will bring us happiness? No. Is it out of reverence for Christ? Yes. 
our first act of submission is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's because we submit to him that we can submit to one another. But what's the one thing that keeps us from this? What is the thing that's uh, bubbling in your mind? Got you upset about this right now? What is it that has your hackles up about submission? It's another one-word answer. Pride. The lie of the devil is that if our pride is satisfied, we will be truly happy. Isn't that what fueling us want to get our way? It's our pride. We want to be right. We want to be first. We want to be recognized. Right? What's fueling that? Not humble submission to Christ. Not submission to one another. It's pride. And only pride. James says, Humble yourself before the Lord and He will exalt you. And also, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. The Bible doesn't have a lot of nice things to say about being proud. It's a funny thing, I think, that what we view as an obstacle to our happiness, other people not doing what we want, it's actually a gift. It's a gift because it's an opportunity to glorify God by lovingly submitting and serving someone else. Perhaps it is as Elizabeth Elliot said, we do not choose our gifts, remember? We are given them by a divine giver who knows the end from the beginning and wants above all to give us the gift of himself. It's a gift when we're given the opportunity to submit because we glorify God. Don't you want a chance to glorify God? Every time we have the opportunity to serve someone else or prefer another above ourselves, that opportunity is a gift that we've been given, the opportunity to worship the Lord with our choices. I think it's easy to get stuck on the idea that worship only happens in this room. Well, this is the only place worship happens. And it only happens Sunday morning at 9.37 to whenever the game starts. Right? That's, that's not it. We have the opportunity day in and day out to worship the Lord with our choices. Jesus said in Matthew 20, 25-28, I alluded to it earlier, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. This is Jesus talking, just in case you need a little bit more power behind the punch. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ is an act of worship. When we serve others, we follow Jesus' example. We follow his teaching and we glorify him. So this agenda set the stage over the next few weeks 
please don't read ahead and then say I'm not coming. It's worth it. Listen to the words of the Apostle John in his gospel in chapter 13. Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wash them, wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That's why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And you are right, for so I am. If I then, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Do you know what that word blessed means? Happy. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you'd forgive our pride. Forgive us for that drive that's in us that seeks satisfaction in uh, happiness and get other people out of the way so we get what we want. Lord, I pray that we would find true happiness in submitting to one another out of reverence and awe for our Lord and Savior, following your example to wash each other's feet, to prefer one another over ourselves, to put the needs of others before our own, Lord, teach us what true happiness is. The true happiness that is the blessing of the Lord Jesus. We pray that you would be worshipped by your people when we leave this place. I 
I pray that this word would sink deep into our hearts and change the way we think and change the way we act, change the way I think and the way I act. Lord, we love you. It's our heart's desire to serve you. So help us to serve others. In your name, amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.